How can I be cured? Healing hands, a miracle cure, or perhaps a leap of faith. On occasion, it comes to my, it comes to my mind like what actually happens and how. Like I, I think it's enormous, actually. I, I think that's that's the main thing. I think people need to know that this 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 does work and it is real, and it's not just a fiction or a fairy tale. It is believed that faith healers and cures have been around since the beginning of time. We continue to believe more than most. All traditions die hard in Ireland, and and uh, this was was as I said goes way back, and it is going to die out unless unless it's kept alive. In Ireland, if you become ill, some may suggest you should go to a faith healer. There's a cure for that. There's probably not a complaint going that there's not or wasn't someone that had a cure for. I was a nurse and I often came across visitors of patients who would ask if they could take a cure into their relative and uh, I always said, right, yeah, and I would just draw the curtain and let them go ahead and do whatever they had to do. It is believed that faith healers possess a gift that can cure and heal. Like I could tell you about faith healers for forever, different cracks and cures. I could tell you about them till tomorrow. For every believer, there is a non-believer. Without a rational or scientific explanation, there is doubt and accusation. You know, there are people out there in irrespective of you, so it's, it's a lot of rubbish, or it's gobbledygook. No, it's not. No, it's not. They're taking advantage of the vulnerable, those lads are only scammers. A load of owl rubbish. A fear of the unknown. Well, I suppose, like, as doctors, we're always trying to explain stuff scientifically. Uh, and when we, when we can't explain it, we're uncomfortable with it. Like, that's usually medicine for you, you know what I mean? My name is Kevin McCann. In this documentary, I hope to experience the world of the healers and the healed. Greed set in, wealth set in, and, and no one... No one no one even, even thinks about it yet because they're too busy counting their money and making bombs. Two years ago, I sat down at a table with a friend of mine. He told me about the cure. I said to him, Seamus, it's all in the head. He leant across the table and says, if it's all in the head, he says, it's in the head of the cured cow and the cured horse and the cured baby. And so, a short time later, I began to discover the world that Seamus spoke of, the cure at hand. In 2007, a young woman from Athlone who suffered from epilepsy listened to her mother's advice and went to see a faith healer. Suzanne Doyle's visits to Danny Gallagher changed her life forever. Danny did what medication wasn't wasn't doing for me, really. But until I'd witnessed it firsthand, I wasn't entirely convinced, you know. I just heard the stories just like anybody hearing the story. But I, I, when I saw it firsthand myself, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that I, I received a cure. Now, he said at the time, um, I'm not going to tell you it's come off your medication. I, I can't tell you it's come off your medication, but I'm confident that you won't have another seizure. And I just stopped taking it. And that was, that was it. I never had another seizure. I, I have records to show that, like, shortly before I had serious um, abnormal brain activity... You know, so the medical profession just don't, they don't like to hear these kind of stories at all. Why? They, they don't believe it because I suppose in science things are black or they're white and there's no in between with them, you know. 
they certainly weren't impressed with me telling them that I had been and received a cure. And they were quite adamant that I was putting myself and my children and my family in danger by coming off my medication. Um, I was kind of scared at the time. <laughs> I'm um, telling a neurologist, like he's a, he's a very good good at what he does. I'm telling him that no, I'm not going to follow your advice. I'm going to follow a faith healer. Um, I know that I got a cure. Absolutely know that I got a cure. And he said, look, you can't come off your medication. Your, your EEG has been completely abnormal. We can see epileptic activity on it. I mean, you had a seizure while you were on the machine. Um, you're putting yourself in grave danger. And I said, well, look, I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a try because I, I think that I'm going to be okay. And like I went against his advice, obviously. And here we are. <laughs> Suzanne Doyle has taken a leap of faith and believes she has been cured. What's clear is that Suzanne has not had an epileptic episode since visiting Danny Gallagher. What's less clear is why. However, these are the stories that continue to draw crowds to faith healers. In a hotel in Sligo, one such crowd is gathering. Sorry, yeah, Danny Gallagher, where is Danny? On the first floor, just take the lift to number one and it's to your left. Thank you. is in room number 3153 and there's a note outside the door Danny Gallagher please wait inside Danny Gallagher comes from Derry since the 1970s he has made his living from faith healing in Irish folklore the seventh son of a seventh son possesses healing powers Danny Gallagher is believed to be one of those born with the special gift just read on the wall here, he has got a number of newspaper headings and clippings that, and letters from people that he has cured. So when you come into the waiting room, this is what greets you. Danny, the healer that's known worldwide. And there's the Sunday World, the Weekly News, the Mid-Ulster Mail, newspapers from Turkey, Germany, Pakistan, Singapore Post, Sunday World, the Irish Daily Star, all with headlines about Danny Gallagher. So I'm in the hotel corridor. It's about half past four. People are coming in um, and people are coming and going. It takes about uh, ten minutes to see Danny. It seems to be the length of the healing sessions. I think it's used to in that way. <laughs> in the waiting room are 25 people. A woman and her husband. A mother and her young daughter. An elderly man pushes his wife in a wheelchair. Others with no visible ailments. All waiting. This room is full of believers. No space for doubt. This is a time for healing. With permission from Danny, I introduce myself to the room and one by one, they tell me their story. Uh, I'm Brendan Bush, Donegal Town. I'm a joiner, carpenter. 
I suffer with, from gout in my hands and feet, which is very, very painful. And would your doctor have ever suggested to come and see Danny? No. I've never spoken to him about it, you know. And uh, the sensation in my right leg is unbelievable. It's kind of pain and it's, the heat is unbelievable. And I don't seem to know what it is. I'm poisoned with painkillers. So I thought Danny maybe has the answer, I don't know. Danny's got the power, some sort of power, I believe. And it's coming from God to Danny. And Danny is passing it on to me. Now that would be whether it's right or wrong, or whether it makes sense. And why do you... I'm sure there are people who might, you know, dismiss this and would... Well, there are a lot of people who... Skeptics, as you call them, who say, oh, for God's sake, you're wasting your money on that, but... Waste your money in other ways, don't we? I mean... um, I'm a person, you don't tell me what to do, I'll do... I'll do my own thing. Would you tell everybody you know that you're going here or is this a private no I've told quite a few I'm going here yes great well I hope you're healing is successful oh, thank you I for... hope to God yeah I've lost my place now and nobody seems to know where they are in there you know oh. can't wait too long I've a tendency to kind of like I was a wee bit you know is there anybody else now that would like to be giving a short interview about their experiences with faith healers or with with Danny anybody else it was a friend of Terry's that went to Danny a couple of uh, months ago for arthritis in her head and she rang us up and told us and gave us a number of Danny and she had great belief in him, she has no arthritis from from she visited Danny he has um, arthritis in the back of his neck and his spine that's why we're here now, yeah. Explain to me what are cures? Well, in my mind, cures would be something, I suppose, that uh, doctors don't believe in to start with. He, he, he's a seven-seven son, isn't he? So anyone with, with a cure or seven-son always has cures, you know. A seven-son of a seven-son mm. would have cures. Would have cures, yes. Is is? Am I going the wrong way? No, for for Danny is. It? Yes. Down there, down, down there on the right. Sorry about that. Not at all. What has been your story with the doctors? Uh, I've been having tests left, right, and centre, so to speak. MRI scans, you name it, I have had them, and they cannot find anything wrong with me, even though I'm dizzy, very dizzy, suffer from dizziness. Well, I would hope, with well, a look and pray that Danny would be able to help me on my way. I would be really grateful if he did, if he can, if he can. I don't know. I, I just don't know. Not a chance I'm taking, I suppose. Well, I'm sure maybe I'll talk to you when you when you come out then, if yeah, you don't mind. Yeah, that's all right, that's all right. Thank you. Well, good luck with it. Cheers. Thank you. This is Katie, and I'm her mum. And uh, Katie has very bad psoriasis for the last, um, I suppose, three years, Katie, is it? And um, <clears throat> we just heard about Danny and we were hoping that maybe he might cure her, you know. I've tried everything um, between steroid creams and uh, light treatment and metotrexate as well, but we do have great faith. We, we believe it's going to work, don't we, Katie? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 
what is your experience of people who either believe or don't believe in, in faith healing? What's your understanding of it? Well, I, I believe well, there is, definitely there is a greater power. You know, if people haven't got faith, I believe they've nothing. I really do believe that. I'm a nurse myself and I'm asking people what religion they are, you know, in my job. Well, people, I don't know, I think they've lost faith in the church, but they haven't lost faith in God. And, you, and there's no conflict, you see, between the medical profession and this? Well, <clears throat> the medical I believe prof- the medical profession are, are working in God's faith, in, in, with God. They're, they're trying to help people and trying to heal people. And, you know, it's, it's the same work. They're doing great work. And um, they're just doing it maybe just in their professional way. And um, But I think healing goes a bit deeper. And do you mind if I ask your, your daughter yes. some questions? Hello, my name is Katie and I am here because of arthritis and I have faith that it's going to be cured. As the day drew on, the faithful came and went. As I listened, I decided to join the queue myself. My curiosity grew. So, how did you get on? Well, well, I didn't go in at all now. I actually got on very well, I think. I did, you know. uh, I wouldn't be into the religious I I suppose, a wee bit. Uh, he, he had the blessed candle and he had a crucifix, which I really appreciated. And he, he held the crucifix on my, on my chest and on my head and uh, said a prayer, his own prayer. I said my few prayers as well, just uh, uh, God will help me out, please God. And that's it, I suppose, really. And you've got a smile in your face. <laughs> you didn't have it before you went in. <laughs> yeah. Why? Uh, well, I suppose it's psychological, really, isn't it? Possibly. I, I think it's, it's psychological too, isn't it, mate? Yeah. Well, you have the belief in it. You have the belief. You have the belief in it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to believe. I'm a great believer in believing in those sort of things. And just one final question. I mean, do people in Ireland talk about this openly? I mean, would guys in a pub sit around and talk about healers and the power of God? Or is it something that's private that we keep to ourselves? What's your experience of how people talk about it? Well, my experience would be that it is very private. It is private. And nobody wants to be a sort of a Holy Mary, if you like, for whatever reason. I don't know what the reason will be, but um, that's the way it is, unfortunately. Okay, well, listen, thank you for All your right. time. Okay. Thanks, thanks for doing that. Thank good luck to you. I, I wish you the best of luck with All that. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Uh, how did you get on? Oh, great. I have great faith, and I'm having you, Casey. Well, tell me, tell me, what, he, he, what happened? He put his hands on all her skin. All her psoriasis, and he said she's going to get, uh, she's going to be healed. Thank God that she, uh, he's, she's actually said she will be cured within the week. That she'll see him, um, an improvement. Um, I was nervous going in, and then it was okay. And he put his, his hands on my psoriasis. Yeah. <laughs> and do you have to come back next week or the week after? Yeah, well, see that that goes with the cure. You have to. With every seven son of the seven son, you have to come back three times, every, once every week. That's that's the the um, you know that's that's what you have to do. Katie has been to a few healers now, but um, third time lucky, Katie. <laughs> and obviously, I mean, and she's had her 
treatments for the conventional treatments for this? Oh, she has. She's, she's on methotrexate at the minute. But she is quite. She's, she's very embarrassed going out because it's her, her arms and her legs and her face, and she's always mm. covering up. And she, you know, she wants. You want your skin to be improved, don't you, Katie? Yeah. And then it was my turn to see the faith healer. I stepped into the room and closed the door. I placed my recorder beside the lit candles on a table. Danny began by asking me what was wrong. I have diabetes uh-huh. and, and my kidneys are uh, acting up as well. Uh-huh. Uh, it's something to do with the valve, uh-huh. my kidneys. Uh-huh. Just over here, this so we got so I can just sit there. Mm-hmm. Does it affect your eyesight? Diabetic. It can do, yeah. It did in the earlier stages. Well, let me touch you back. I sat on a chair and allowed the faith healer to do his work. He spoke gently and placed his hands on my skin, on my back where my kidneys are, my stomach from my pancreas, my eyes, my feet, my head. He then lit some candles. All the while I could hear the soft whisper of a well-worn prayer. As the session drew to a close, I held a lit candle. Like countless generations before me, I shut my eyes. I searched deep inside and asked myself to believe in the cure. And with the blowing out of a candle... It was over. God bless you. Good luck. Okay, these gods works for you. Um, now, do I need to come back to you for? The- I have seen you twice more. Okay. Yeah. You see the song in the sky. The song has to rise three times before I can see the second and third time. So it could be, and it could be in a month's time or a, or a year's time. Oh no, I wouldn't leave it a year's time. No, I did. Well, then it has to be within a short, short time. Yeah. Great. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you. Good day. Next, please. On a showery summer's day, I drove across Ireland to the west coast, Galway, to talk to Tom Hulan. Tom is a descendant of the Forbullog people, hunter gatherers, one of the ancient tribes of Ireland. He grew up in Clada village and spent his childhood surrounded by older people who spoke of and used many old cures, remedies for this, remedies for that. As an infant, Tom was bottle-fed a cure found in the burning home fire. Nowadays, charcoal tablets are sold to settle an upset stomach. Um, I was born in in December 51, and from day one, I couldn't go to the toilet properly. There was a lot of crying, a lot of screaming, kind of that kind of thing. And... At the time, there was a doctor in the village, or there was a doctor in Galway called Dr. McHale, and he was called. And wherever I was given, it wasn't working. So Nan Toole, who was my grandmother, sent for a friend of hers back the road, Mama Curtin. Mama was an old lady woman, a businesswoman as well. And what they done was they took a piece of turf and they put it into the open fire. We had a, not an open fire, we had a range in the sitting room. They broke up the turf very, very fine when it, when it went good and cold. And they blessed it with holy water and they prayed over it and it was put into a bottle. 
But my father said, I won't describe the way he said it, but he said, I, I, it did work. It worked very, very well, in fact. And for a few months after that, if it did happen again, that's what they used. And it worked every time. And from what I can remember, I can remember from about three, I never had trouble again. Now, I can't remember from six months to three, but I was told it went away. And if it did come back up to 18 months, two years old, that's what they used. So whatever was in it, whatever substance was in the turf, and then whatever side of it or what they believed in. And, and like I said, religion to them was very, very important as well. Religion had a big part to play in cures in that they believed they believed in a God, they believed in whatever God was there. Prayer, along with the physical side of it, was very important. Cures handed down through the generations came with a strong belief in their healing power. There was a faith in the natural balance of the world. For every ill, there was a cure. If it was a bad cut or a cut in your hand, they used cobwebs because there was whatever healing was in the cobweb, healed the cuts. Um, my grandmother... Um, it tended births, tended deaths, um, tended the sick, with another woman with her by the name of Mama Curran. There was another cure that she had. As far as I know, the cure was in her tongue, in the spit on her tongue. But she used her tongue, if there was something in your eye, to take it out. If a child was born premature, they hung it in a net over a basin of hot water. And they put something in it to make it a warm steam, or, or steam it, to replicate the womb. Like I said, back then, if they got sick, cured themselves. If they got injured, you know, fixed themselves, fixed broken bones. How did these people know about this? And we don't know about it now. I mean, in a normal kitchen nowadays, we I, don't talk about it. I, I think it's easy to, to answer that and that it evolved. From mother to daughter, from father to son. Just like right for the last 30, 40 years, it's evolved out. It's gone. I think we've lost it. It evolved in and now it's gone. As with many cures, you have to visit the healer three times within a short space of time. A couple of weeks later, after my first healing session, I'm back for my second, this time in Donegal. Hi, uh, is Danny Gallagher here? He is, we're mum and five. To the left of the first floor, let's sign post it down from there. Thank you. My name's Philomena, and um, the reason I come here because, like, my dad took me here, like, to Danny about 30 years ago when I was growing up. Like, I was very bad. I had wild bad pains in my legs, crying every night going to bed, and dad took me um, to see Danny, and after that, there was, I never had a problem. Never had a problem. And um, my dad passed away last year. I'm sorry. And um, this is my wee boy, Jerome. And he always said to take him to him, you know. Like, for general medicine from doctors and all, there's just too much given out. Like, you know, there's too much medicine. I don't believe in it myself. And do you mind if I ask your ask your son here? Hi, with? this is Jerome. <laughs> and what are you doing here, Jerome? What's your, what do you think you're doing here? Um, I'm here because I have asthma. And I think Danny's going to make me better. And what makes you think that? Um, because he healed everybody else. Would anybody else like to share the story? No, no, I don't. No? Could I, do you mind if I talk to you out in the hall because just the, the, the TV, the sound of the TV was 
you've been on this on this world quite a quite a number of years. If you don't yeah. mind me saying, yeah. What's your understanding of healing? What is it? Well, all I can tell you, and I have experience of this. I know a few people personally that can stop bleeding. Now, you just phone them up. It doesn't matter whether it's yourself, whether it's somebody belonging to you, or whether it's an animal. And I've watched it, the animal, I've watched the blood flowing out of it, just spraying out of it. And once they contacted them, it, just, it didn't even stop to drip, it just stopped like that. My son, he's up in Dundalk, and his wife, after the second child, she was hemorrhaging, and he phoned one of these chaps, because he had the number and it stopped. I know another girl came to my house, she's a, lives in Palabapay, she's a nurse, and she, we're talking about stopping bleeding, and she said that she was in hospital having a baby, and she was hemorrhaging, the doctors couldn't stop it, and her mother happened to come in, and she knew about one of these boys, and she phoned him and stopped, you know. And, but you have to give, for to them, you have to give your full name, can you explain that to me? What do you mean? What is it? What, what's happened there? Is so it... I don't know what happened. They reckon it's a, a verse to the Bible. And can I ask you, do you go to Mass or to church? Are you, are you... I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't go very often, no. I would go to church now and again. Mm -hmm. I'm, by the way, of Church of Ireland. My mm -hmm. wife was a Catholic, so... Why are you here as opposed to being in a hospital? Well, I am tending a doctor, and I've been for the last probably 10 years, and it's costing me 100, about 140 euros every month for a prescription, you know. Another one I'll tell you that I know, I don't know if you know it or not, I know a woman, now this, this is not only her, but it's the same case with anyone. She was born after her father died, and she can cure what they call a foul mouth. Youngsters would get it a lot. Yeah, and you know, like scabs or that in your mouth, you know. Oh. And she cures by... She cures that just by blowing her breath into their mouth. I'd better go now because I think it's my turn to go in. OK. Tell me what happened in there. Um, he just blessed me here and then he blessed me there and then... He first blessed me there and then he blessed me there and then he blessed me there. Then he blessed my leg. Then he blessed the other one, then he done it again over and over. And I got the candle and he holded it, I holded it, he blew it out and he blessed my mum too. Yeah. Thousands of believers, hundreds of healers, dozens of cures. The list goes on. Warts, jaundice, mumps, thrush. If so many claim to be healed by faith healers and the cure, then why the scepticism and the doubt? Just before I go into Danny for the second time, I ask about this. But this type of thing is never taught in schools or it's never discussed on the TV, really? No, no because uh, probably they don't discuss them things because probably there'd be a lot of ones today, like doctors and all the rest, wouldn't want to know, but no. they don't want to know about them things. You know, you have a lot of uh, high up people today that don't want to know about them things because there would be too many people out of it. Out a of job, probably. <laughs> Years ago, they believed in cures when they didn't have money. Mm. 
There was something beginning to register with you. <laughs> this guy's very good. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> I'm glad I came to Letter Kenny today. The, the mystery is solved. <laughs> So I'm just walking out the hotel corridor now in the Clannery Hotel in Letterkenny and I've just had my second visit to Danny Gallagher. In two days' time I drive to Sligo for my third and final visit with Danny. So I'm here with Danny Gallagher, seventh son of a seventh son, uh, getting Danny, you're getting ready for one of your uh, clinics. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, could you explain to me how you are a seventh son of a seventh son? How does that? I'm the seventh son, right through, and no girls in between at all. If there's a girl in between, it doesn't work, you know. Mm-hmm. And then that would have been the same. And my father's side, him. Uh-huh. On your father's side. Mm-hmm. I was healing before I knew it myself, you know, because when I was born, there was people coming up then after that just to touch me because I was seven son. I found that throughout when I was out playing through my childhood. But, uh, I mean, it's, whenever I come eight year old, say, there come a vision to me, a strange vision. And in the vision, there was a girl dying in bed and she was all covered in white all covered in white, and she was dying, and there was a clergyman sitting at her bedside. And I came into the room, and the clergyman rose, and he told me he, he told me the prayer to say, which I keep confidential. So I lifted the clothes of the girl, blessed the girl, and laid my hand on her body, and she, would, she returned to normal health again, you know. What is your relationship with doctors, you know, in hospitals or GPs, I, I never on any programme, television or press ever put the doctors down. They do brilliant jobs. They do really brilliant jobs. If I was in a car accident today, and please God, I'd never be, the doctors would do everything for me, you know what I mean? So I want to say they do brilliant work as well. And anyone coming to me, I always send them out appointment the same as hospital. And I always stress on that, that uh, not to stop taking any uh, doctor's instructions. It's very, very important to me and very important to the patient. And I I come to you, This is my, this, today will be my third time. Time mm-hmm. attending uh, one of your clinics, I've said that my condition is I've got diabetes and I also have an issue with my kidneys. Uh-huh. And I come to you for healing. What what happens with that? I, well, Kevin, I must say this to you. You're referring to your own complaint. I get lots of people that with the same similar to you. I mean, I do just healing by saying a prayer and touching the person. If I am successful, I hope I am with you. But I mean, not. I don't know at all the will of God. But I mean, take every single person who come to me. I don't cure them all. But I never say I cure a person. It's the people themselves say it. But I believe it's a gift from God, my healing, and I thank God for it. I mean, I can't explain how I do it. I don't know how I do it. I just thank God it, it happens. I mean, you can speak or interview the people who come to me. I mean, I don't cover anything up. That's very, you're very welcome to do that. But the the people can't explain it either, you know. And can I ask you about how you make your living? I mean, this this is your job. This is your career. Yes. So, therefore... I could get through 100 people and none of them had money. I mean, the, someone come and give me money. I have often had to... Uh, to send home for because I couldn't pay the expenses of the hotel and I've often had to do that because so many people coming into me with no money but I, still I wouldn't turn them away 
and the years gone by, there was maybe somebody lived down the house, the next house down the road, maybe a thatched house or something. They didn't charge because the could ring them, they could maybe bleeding or something. They lived down the road, but they don't travel like I do all around the world. I mean, I've travelled everywhere, and I, t- I take hotels, I book hotels, I put uh, advertisements in the press and radio, and I've all that to pay. To pay. It's impossible. But if anyone phones your program in, uh, phones this program in, and says, Danny, as from tomorrow morning, I'm going to pay all your expenses, all your traveling, all your hotels, all your advertisement, I'd be glad to take no money from anyone. But nobody ever phones in and say they're going to do it. Every, everyone's a person's choice whether they want to come to visit me or not. But they are very, very welcome. And I don't ask any listener out there to accept this at face value and say, oh, he's sitting on radio and he's saying he could, this could. I don't say that. I say the people have said it. Those people are not telling lies. I mean, the people who are cured are not just backing me up. So I ask anyone not to judge me by listening to me, but come along, meet me in person, and then make their investigations. If they say that's all rubbish... They're in a position to speak whenever they make their own investigation. They're welcome to do that. So your clinic is about to start? I'm about to start now. Uh, so uh, I'll be working till about 8 o'clock tonight. <laughs> we'll be standing all day. It's almost 2 now. So will you do the third, do, third session, Amina? Will I switch no, off? The, turn, turn it off. Fine. Turn it off, OK. After my third and final visit to Danny... I went for a full checkup with my doctor, bloods and urine. Would my visit to the faith healer show any difference to my diabetes and kidney condition? It would take a while to get the results back. One man who had had positive results from a faith healer was Tony Duffy. I think you're interested in talking about um, Tony Duffy, is it? It's a year since I went over um, Tony's records. Um, his doctor in Tullamore helps to tell the story. Um, back in 2006-2007 he was, he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, right upper, right lung. Had a bronchoscopy procedure and a biopsy which showed, showed the cancer. The diagnosis was immediate surgery. Two thirds of his right lung was to be removed. A few days before his operation, his cousin Colm brought Tony to a faith healer. So we went up to the dentist, the faith healer that I told you about, up to a tie. But then we did sat down and, and a lovely, lovely man and, and uh, talked for a minute. And he put his two hands on his shoulders and said uh, prayers. Now it was in, in Latin or something, he said it because I, I couldn't under, understand the words. But it lasted maybe about two or three minutes. And then he sat back down and he was talking to me. He said to me, don't be worrying. He says, you're going to be around. He said, for a long, long time yet. And uh, so I thanked me to God, I hope I am. I said, you will be. He said, you've nothing to worry about. That was it. I asked me to have to go back to him again. He said, no. He says, you'll be around. The next Monday morning, they brought me down to operate on me. And uh, they brought me in and they wired me up and put a needle into me back. So I lay back down. That's all I knew. That's all I knew. Until I woke up and there was a crowd around me. And uh, yeah, they had a mask down here and all in white. And uh, the headman that was after me talking to, that was doing the operation, I can't think of his name, he was standing beside me. And I woke up, he says, um, Anthony, he says, um, I have good news for you. He said, we didn't need to operate on you. And he says, you have nothing to worry about. He said, we'll come.
come up and talk to you when you when you wake up proper. They came up that evening. And he said, Mr. Duffy, he said, you have it baffled. He said, it's gone. He said, it wasn't there. He said, it disappeared. And he says, we don't know. We had no explanation. He says, you just have it baffled. So I just blessed myself and I thank God because I knew, I, I genuinely, honestly, God knew that it was an absolute miracle. I knew it, that the fate here was after killed me. Now, the cancer diagnosis he had, from what I can gather from his notes, was very early stage cancer. Usually, uh, when lung cancer presents, it would be quite late. Uh, you know, which stage, you know, surgery, radiotherapy or, or chemotherapy would generally be required, but he didn't have that need any of them, basically. Yeah, he's a mystery, like, I, I grant you that, because he's a bit of a mystery. Um, so, it's a bit of a miracle, to be honest with you, I have to say, uh, with him, like, basically, he's five years disease-free, at least five years disease-free now, not, not six years, so that's pretty impressive going for lung cancer, you know, so. Like, usually when cancer spreads, it'll spread to the glands in the... Uh, in the anterior chest and uh, called the mediastinum and uh, he had some plans on initial CT but they don't seem to have reappeared in follow-up CTs from what I'm gathering so yeah a little bit of a mystery there to be honest with you that we can't probably explain I mean I think the doctor subsequently felt that somehow that the initial biopsy of the cancer was all removed that's the only explanation they could come up with that when they did the biopsy... At the beginning, that as well as going for the diagnosis, they actually removed all the cancer cells all in the one go. How likely is that? Very un- very rare. <laughs> very unlikely. It's quite unusual. I know it's, it's, it's bizarre, but I think, i say, as doctors and scientific people, we try and explain it, but um, un- I've never seen that happen before. It's pretty convinced he's, he's, he's alive today because of... Faith Healer, and to be honest, which I don't really have any evidence to disagree with him. Today is the day. Am I cured? I ring the doctor's surgery to get my results. How you doing? Uh, my name is Kevin McCann. Um, I was in last week for results and I wanted to find out what they were. Yes, these were done at the end of June there. That's uh, right. There, 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 a UNA levels there was a urine sent away to check it's it's back and it's okay the one for the blood sugar and the uni there's a wee note on both those results that you have to make a non-urgent appointment with the doctor okay and the other the uni blood test my medical results show no change in my case the cure didn't work however I have met so many who have experienced and embraced the cure at hand. For some, it works. For others, not. And as I say, the doctor has just put on that particular test that you have to make an appointment to see. Great. Okay. Is that okay? Thank you very much. Right, thank you now. Bye-bye. This journey began at a kitchen table with my friend Seamus. Two years later, I am back at that same kitchen table, this time with his wife Margaret, a retired nurse, who might just have an explanation to the cure at hand. Suppose it it is the mystery of life and the mystery of the universe. You know, life isn't just black and white. It's all shades of grey as well. From my experience, what I've seen, you can't explain it, really. So I think uh, being just open to 
things around you. You know, we're all going around rushing different places and we really don't know what's going on. We don't take time to think or ponder on these things at all. You know, things that are handed on from generations must have came from somewhere. <laughs> so it probably is a mystery and probably will remain so. Mm-hmm.